In an overcrowded graveyard, the scream will rise. The Ghoulmates presents Not Another Spooky Podcast. Hey, Ghoulsters! Welcome back to Not Another Spooky Podcast, where I'm your ghost hostess, Mandy Spooks, and you, my listeners and community, are the co-host. On this show, we fan ghoul over spooky pop culture and learn from it, too. If you have always loved Halloween, horror, true crime, ghosts, or basically anything spooky, then you have found your spooky oasis. Given that we are officially in the Burr months, aka our favorite months ever, September, October, November, and December, I thought we'd switch things up and open up with a ghoulster poll. So I was curious when you all think spooky season officially begins. Is it mid-August, September, or October? And it turns out only 2% of you said October. Very smart ghoulsters, I can tell you all are my people. 28% of you said September, and 71% of you said mid-August. But I totally messed up because a surprising amount of you actually messaged me to say July 5th, which I can't believe I slept on that one. I agree, July 5th for me is like, okay, it is time, it is our time, no more holidays standing in our way. But I would say, like, actual magical season for me begins September 1st. This is a no orange zone until September 1st. Then it's orange every day for 61 days. Well, maybe more because I allow it until Spookmas begins on Black Friday. Anyway, I digress. I think most of us can agree we are in the heat of spooky season now. So I wanted to do things a little differently and just completely enthrall us in something that is sure to put us in the magical mood we long for all year. And that is all things Halloween treats. Tricks not included. (laughs) So we're going to be talking all about why it is that our favorite time of year comes with lots of goodies, what our favorite goodies are, and the graphic novel that sparked the idea for this entire episode, Pumpkinheads. But before we get into all the gourd stuff, there is some extra exciting news to share so you know what time it is. Haunted Housekeeping. So I know I have been mentioning that I want to incorporate books somehow and I couldn't quite figure it out, but one day out of nowhere, inspiration struck. I am so excited to share that today I am launching the Spook Worm Book Club. The mission of the book club is to create a space for following lovers to sink their teeth into another world of spooky fall vibes year round with me. So what does this mean exactly? It means that everyone is welcome to be a member of the Spook Worm Book Club. In fact, there is already an Instagram account created for it in which a lot of you spooky ghoulsters have already found, surprisingly. But since I couldn't figure out how to incorporate books into the podcast, I decided to make the Spookworm Book Club episodes a bonus series for podcast subscribers. And I wanted to really make this feel like a club, so I decided to make a little book club welcome kit that is exclusive for those who subscribe to the podcast for only $4.99 a month. So everyone who subscribes and sends me their email not their email, their mailing address via email or Instagram DMs will receive an official Spookworm Book Club sticker, bookmark, and not another spooky podcast sticker. I will be sending those kits out once a month, uh, maybe every or maybe twice a month if I start to see that it is coming in a lot more frequently than I am expecting. 
Okay, additionally, I will be uploading casual, unscripted book reviews about the books I read. In the next week, I'll be releasing the first Bookworm book club episode that talks about my love story with books, why I'm starting the club, and what to expect from it moving forward. I'll also give you a heads up when I'm starting a book on the Spookworm Instagram. But other than that, to ensure that this continues to be sustainable for me and that it continues to be my spooky oasis, I won't be committing to a schedule at this time just yet. I think my goal for this club is to just create a space for spookworms to feel like they are part of a book club that gets them and can provide recommendations that give all the magical Halloween vibes you long for all year long. So in addition to the exclusive merch for subscribers, I did want to offer some super cute items for all the spookworm members who follow along through Instagram. So I'm really excited to share that you can get your spookworm merch on the TGM Teespring shop that is always linked in the show notes and the main podcast notes. I'm over the moon about them. I already have all of mine on their way. There's a super cute mug, a shirt, and of course a tote bag to carry all your spooky books in. I'm worried that this concept will be a little weird because I want it to be inclusive for everyone, but also have those perks available to the podcast subscribers. So if anyone is confused, please reach out to me because I can only improve things or answer your questions if I know what is confusing you guys. In addition to the Spookworm book club series and welcome pack, I will also still be doing random bonus episodes and movie watch parties. So don't forget the Practical Magic watch party is coming up in just a few weeks on September 23rd. So just a reminder that all communication for subscribers goes through Discord. So if you decide to subscribe to get access to the watch parties, please make sure you give yourself enough time to get set up in Discord. If you subscribe, please send me an email at notanotherspookypodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram so I can make sure you get access to the paying channel. All right, so before we get into all the following treats, I thought we could share a cup of brew and talk about how we're keeping the spook alive. I'm finally gonna say it. Today I am having an iced pumpkin spice latte. Not quite ready for a hot one, but alas, we have reunited. Guys, we are so close to those magical following nights I'm always talking about. The other day we were outside of Walmart and I told Master, do you feel that? He's coming. Sam is almost here to give us our big cozy Samhain hug. Before we know it, we'll be crunching the leaves on a cold, crisp morning for the first time ever. Ah, okay, okay, but I digress. Guys, let me tell you, I have been keeping the spook alive so hard this past week. So last week I went on a work trip back to Phoenix for a few days, and it means so much to me that my team is so supportive of my lifestyle. My manager and good friend Caitlin took me to dinner to this creepy restaurant in downtown Phoenix called Hanny's. It used to be a department store and has dolls in the basement. I'm going to leave it at that for you guys right now because eventually I will share a video. I'm so sorry. I've been shooting so much for you guys, but I haven't had the energy to edit them. And, you know, I'm living my life by a new motto these days. Um, so eventually all of those videos will get posted. Anyway, one of my workers um, told me one of the scariest ghost stories I have ever heard in my life, my life. I couldn't sleep that night, which was my last night in Phoenix. So basically, I didn't really sleep at all the past week uh, because I just kept thinking about it. And then on the last day, one of our coworkers made all the birthday girls a sweet dessert with a gift. And she got me Michael Myers pins. So literally every single day in Phoenix had a spooky element and it just... <laughs> 
really warmed my heart. All right. And then, of course, I had to watch The Invitation this weekend. For those of you who don't know, The Invitation is a modern take on Dracula, and I have been so excited to see it. So I'm going to do a quick impromptu spoiler-free review. I 100% enjoyed watching this movie in theaters because it's been so long since I've seen vampires on the big screen like that. The main characters had a lot of chemistry. I could dig it. I felt like it was a li- just a little slow for my taste in the beginning, but the cinematography was absolutely breathtaking to see on the big screen, and I really enjoyed everything except the ending. I was my own worst enemy on that one, though, because it was one of those where I knew how I wanted it to end, and since it didn't end that way, it fell short. I also feel like the movie was a little too similar to Ready or Not, and that's already one of my favorite movies, so it was kind of hard to be objective on that. So just think of this movie as basically ready or not, but with vampires. And I think that about sums up my thoughts. I definitely think you should watch the movie in theaters, though, to A, support it, and B, appreciate the cinematography for for what it is. So if we're talking bats, I would give it 3.75 out of 5 bats. I enjoyed it. It was well done, but I wouldn't say it was like, oh my god, the best or unique, most unique movie ever. Let's see how some of you are keeping the spook alive this week. So there she glows again, said, looking like a zombie from all this traveling, end quote. Oh my gosh, literally could not relate to this more. Like I said, I just got back from my trip. I honestly haven't rested much in the past couple of weeks, so I myself am feeling like a zombie as well. Pearls and Pears blog said, reading the Pumpkin Queen book and enjoying pumpkin spice coffee creamer, end quote. Ah! Okay, you will be ready for one of our Spookworm episodes, Ghoul, um, because Long Live the Pumpkin Queen is going to be the first official book review book episode that we do on the Spookworm Club. So that's really exciting. And Pumpkin Spice Coffee Creamer all the way. That is like the 100% best way to save money and budget and avoid Starbucks all season because it's just so good that you don't really have to go to the shop. Okay, Hauntingly Cute Mom said, we went to Monster Day and got to meet you guys, end quote. Oh my god, yes, guys, I forgot to mention that we went to Monster Day. I also did that in the past couple of weeks, so you guys can check out that video on our YouTube now. It was so much fun. Tons of spooky, what could I say, like animatronic special effects, costumes, just a great vibe, and we're so excited to go back next year. Um... Crip Creeper Camille said, getting our spooky tree started, end quote. Okay, I'm going to admit this. In the past, I have always felt like spooky trees should not go up until spookmas, but I loved our spooky tree so much last year that I kind of feel like I didn't have it up long enough or get to enjoy it. So now I'm feeling like maybe we should put it up sooner. You might be onto something. Okay, Samantha ESP said, wearing fall-inspired earrings to work, end quote. Oh, I love that. I love that feeling of being able to wear your like spooky accessories to work acceptably. Like, look, I will admit it. I think we should all be ourselves all year long. But I also know that sometimes it does depend on like your environment, if something is appropriate or not. And so I totally get that. You don't want it to be like a negative distraction for where you're working either. Uh, Okay, Nerd Squish Nola said, obsessing over Halloween Horror Nights, end quote. Oh, my gosh. Really, you're going to bring that up again, Tracy? Okay, so Tracy knows that I'm heartbroken that I cannot go to HHN this year. Michael Myers' Halloween is going to be there. I am just really heartbroken over it. The weekend haunt sounds so good, too. If you guys are HHN fans, you guys are going to have the time of your life this year because it looks like such a great lineup. 
Okay, and of course, it's no surprise that a lot of you are decorating. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to want to decorate or not because it's been a year with the move and all, you know. Uh, but I was actually thinking that uh, Camille might be onto something because maybe I put up the tree. I don't know. This might be the year we start Spookmas early. Get all of those Spookmas vibes with the winter weather. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I can't even contain myself. Okay. If you want to keep up with how Master and I are keeping the spook alive every day, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Ghoulmates and my new favorite place to find ghoul at Not Another Spooky Podcast on Instagram. And not to mention the Spookworm Book Club Instagram too now. Gosh, guys, what do I do with myself? I'm so busy these days. Okay, I think I've kept you guys waiting long enough. I promised you a gourd time and that's what I'm going to give you. Let's see how many times I say pumpkin or following today. So before we get into all the talk of treats, I wanted to understand why this magical time of the year is so focused on treats. So my first thought to figuring that out was obviously, why do we say trick or treat? And that surprisingly led to a pretty good understanding of the history of treats. So it turns out that we can't really get into the discussion of trick-or-treating without briefly talking about the history of Halloween. So this is definitely the episode to kick off spooky season. As most of you know, Halloween goes way, way back to when the Celtics celebrated it as Samhain, commonly mispronounced as Samhain, but it is Samhain. Samhain was actually New Year's Eve for the Celtics, and the reason they celebrated was because they believed the year was broken into two parts— the lightness and the darkness. And on New Year's Eve, they prepared to go into the dark part of the year and believed that the veil between the living and the dead was at the weakest on this day. Mind you, I am not an expert at this, so please reach out if I get this wrong. Cough, cough, poppy. I'm sure you're the one who would know. Uh, but it's also important to note that there's no historical evidence about what happened at these celebrations, so there are a lot of interpretations of what the legends are. But my understanding of it is that because the dead could walk the earth at this time, the Celtics wanted to protect themselves. On one hand, there were there were the deceased who were just looking for food. But on the other, because the veil was so thin, the not so good spooks like evil spirits uh, would walk the earth, too. So that is why they created scary costumes and carved jack-o'-lanterns out of any vegetable they could find at the time to deter any bad spirits. So, prote so to protect themselves, they'd wear the costumes, but also carry treats to kind of bargain with if they ended up in a predicament, per se. <laughs> so that's kind of where we see the term trick or treat start to take place. If they didn't have treats to bargain with the evil spirits, they'd get tricked in a not so egged and TP kind of way that we are used to today. You know what I mean? Another interesting thing I learned was how popular apples were around this time as well. Since it was the new year, it was a good time to make predictions for the future and such. So one of their many traditions was to bob for apples and the first bite or the first to take a bite would be the first to marry. Kind of like the funny New Year's traditions we have today, like wearing red panties on New Year's. <laughs> and there's so much more to share on the Samhain traditions. But for today, I really just wanted to focus on the treats themselves. So to be honest, I'm unclear as to what happened between all of this, but fast forward to 1916 and candy companies were actually trying to find a way to drive up candy sales in the fall because they just weren't the same as the way that they were during Christmas or Easter. So they actually attempted to create Candy Day on the second Saturday of October, which later became called Sweetest Day. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah, sounds like 
a lot like Valentine's Day. So you're telling me Valentine's Day was made up by candy companies too? Yeah, not surprised. Anyway, by the time the late 1940s came around, parents were trying to find a way to get kids to stay out of trouble. So instead of them staying out and playing quotation tricks, they thought that they'd have an official treat day where they'd pass out candy to keep all the kids occupied. But the treats they gave weren't candy. They were doing things like home-baked goodies, fruits, coins, nuts. But of course, by the 1970s, candy companies found a way to make this day all about their candy instead, which is so insane because fast forward to 2022 and we're literally amid a candy shortage. According to CNN, the CEO of Hershey has officially made a statement that they won't be able to meet the demand for Halloween candy this year. Since the pandemic happened, chocolate sales have increased drastically and they had to either prioritize everyday items or Halloween candy. And well, capitalism really popped off today, folks, because they, of course, chose the everyday items that make money year round. But also, yay for us for creating a candy shortage, all because of the increased interest in Halloween. You're welcome, Hershey Company, may I say. (laughs) But our history lesson doesn't end here, Goolsters, because a part of me did not want to believe that our love for following treats could only be related to capitalism. And sure enough, I think I might have actually been right. Candy historian Beth Kimmerl shared some pretty sweet history with Stuff You Missed in History Class podcast. While there is a lot of capitalism behind all the pumpkin spice lattes and candy candy we see tempting us everywhere we go, Beth explained that our cravings in the fall are actually also an instinctual part of the human psyche. Back in the day, I'm not sure what year because it doesn't say, but communities had to preserve their food with sugar and honey to get through winter, so caramel was an important part of the autumn season. And unfortunately, with this also comes the tradition to pack on some pounds before winter because fresh food might not be as readily available. So there you have it. Now you can blame capitalism or our ancestors who didn't have the resources we have available today. I personally would like to believe it's all instinctual. I mean, I am already anticipating baking so much as soon as I experience my first following winter weather. So on that note, I think it's time to talk about Halloween with you guys. First of all, if the term Halloween is new to you guys, it's obviously the fusion of fall and Halloween. But the reason I chose this word is because for me, that's when the magic happens. When you have fall vibes, you know, like the actual weather, the leaves, the pumpkins and spooky vibes mixed together. So I apologize in advance because I should have clarified in my co-host questions that I was looking specifically for treat related responses. So those are the ones I'll be focusing on in this episode, but I will also be sprinkling in just a few activities as well. So to start things off, I wanted to know from a traditional standpoint what your favorite following favorites are. So for your favorite following treat, I gave four options, s'mores, kettle corn, corn candy, and caramel apples. The winner for that was caramel apples with 35%, and the lowest one was kettle corn with 19%. Huh. I'm kind of surprised on this one. I really thought corn candy was going to be the loser or the winner, like for reals, like straight up win or lose, not somewhere in between. Also, if you guys are listening, corn candy is a very long inside joke from the very first episode of the Coolmates podcast. Uh, Rudy asked me, I don't remember what he asked me, but I responded with corn candy and he laughed at me because he was like, do you mean candy corn? And I was like, 
Oh, yeah. So all the original ghosters know corn candy is how we really say it in this community. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Other following treats I did not include that you all mentioned were your favorites were, of course, all the other Starbucks fall drinks and ciders and pumpkin bread. Oh, my gosh. Pumpkin bread, like the actual roll with cream cheese is so good. And then fall in Halloween said witches brew Kit Kat. Oh, yeah, that is a good one, too. Although I'm always so sad because I wish it was like the green tea Kit Kats. If you guys have never had a green tea Kit Kat, you're missing out. OK, and of course, I had to ask the burning question. How do Golsters feel about PSLs? 62 percent of you said pumpkin spice lattes are life and 38 percent of you said they are overrated. And then Master and I were having an argument over this and I wanted you guys to settle it for me. So is pumpkin pie for all following season or just Thanksgiving? 79% of you took my side and said it is for all following season. That's right. We win, Golsters. <laughs> okay, and to give you all the following vibes, let's talk about following activities for just a second. So the main activities I could think of were pumpkin patches, corn mazes, haunted houses, or carving a jack-o'-lantern. Guys, I am so sad for corn mazes because they got 0%. <laughs> I can kind of see that, though. Like, they're kind of cool, like, the first time you ever do it. And then after you've done it once, I think it's like, oh, uh, it's just, like, really tiring. And But I will say I want to experience it here in Colorado because I feel like part of the reason why it's never been a vibe for me is because of, like, how hot and miserable it's been in Texas and Arizona. So I will have to keep you guys posted on whether or not it's a vibe when it's, like, actually cold outside and enjoyable. Okay, let's see. And then the winner was Haunted Houses with 46%. Pumpkin Patches came in at 37% and Carving a Jack-O-Lantern was 17%. I just can't get past the corn mazes being 0%. But I think it's so awesome that the winner was the Haunted Houses because you guys are so spooky. <laughs> okay, and then a popular fall activity that a lot of you mentioned that I didn't include really warmed my heart a lot of you brought up walking and admiring leaves changing colors and crunching them with your feet that is the most magical adorable thing I have ever heard you guys say like it's so awesome that a lot of you brought it up and then Allison Wanderlash said apple picking oh, that is such a good one I have never experienced it but again that is something that I'm gonna try really hard to do in Colorado because I know that there is uh, an orchard for that and then Dark Side Nikki, like a lot of you, said decorating, which is, of course, a favorite amongst all of you. And then Zimmy Miller, Zimmy Miller 2018 said painting spooky art with my daughter while binging Halloween movies, end quote. Ooh, that is a really good one. I love like doing activities paired with movies. And then another popular one was candles. I love that you guys brought this up. I'm personally a wax melt kind of gal. Uh, but yeah, I definitely feel that those wax melts, like the scent, the candles, everything is just totally like part of the spooky vibe, which is why I have been like so obsessed with getting my wax melts ready for the season. And of course, a few of you said Halloween costumes. Nerd Squish actually mentioned how she used to live in New Orleans and they went all out for costumes all year there. So now she's trying to find that same vibe in Texas. Not trying to be negative, but I'm sending you all of the ghoul luck on that one. I am rooting for you because I know it's hard to find that in Texas. Okay, so something I love to hear about is different traditions everyone has. And your answers seriously really added all the following magic to this episode. 
You guys never fail to surprise me. Angie Pangie 643 said, having a witch's tea party with my daughter sometime in October, end quote. Can I come too? Oh my gosh, that sounds so sweet. And I think I'm going to have to do that with my ghouls here in Denver. There she glows again, said, making applesauce from apples we pick from the orchard, end quote. Oh, that is such a great idea. I'm going to, I'm so bad. Instead of making like healthy applesauce, I'm like, I want to bake an apple pie. <laughs> Essie Zoon said, Halloween themed dinners. My mom has, my mom, sorry, I have a typo in here, guys. I'm so sorry. My mom makes a variety of dishes that are cute and spooky, like graveyard desserts, mice, meatballs, mummy pizza, Frankenstein rice crispies, etc. End quote. Guys, Sabrina sent me pictures of these dishes, which I'm totally going to share on Instagram because they are a must for you guys to see. She was not kidding. Like usually when people say this, it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen those cute Pinterest things before. No, like her mom goes all out. The mice meatballs were like an immediate no for me. <laughs> But it's so cool to see, like, seeing how that her mom goes all out. Now I know where she gets her spooky heart from. And then Yana Loves Michi said, eating pozole or menudo during the first cool front, LOL, end quote. Oh, my God. You have my heart right now. Pozole, menudo, oh, my God. I'm not going to lie to you. I was actually thinking about this because, like I said, I am so excited and have never experienced a cold Halloween and I was actually thinking like what could I make for Halloween if it's like really cold and we're at home and I started thinking like would it be crazy if we made pozole or menudo because I mean it's kind of spooky if you think about it it's red and bloody like spaghetti is which is my original traditional tradition so I guess I'm not the only one and I'm totally here for it <laughs> Samantha ESP said everyone loves my pumpkin cheesecake end quote Oh my god, I'm sure I would love it. Pumpkin cheesecake is actually one of my favorite fall treats that I look forward to every year. That was actually the kind of cake that we had for our wedding. Oh, so good. Okay, Fallen Halloween said, like you, we always have hot dogs and spaghetti, end quote. Yes, so the, like I said, the original Golsters have like all the details. You guys must be so sick of me saying the same things over and over again. But my mom's tradition is actually to make chili cheese hot dogs and spaghetti on Halloween. I really don't know why. I think maybe because it's easy, like something easy to please the kids, something easy for adults. But I know her thought process with the spaghetti was always that it's like the marinara is red. So it's kind of like bloody. The noodles could be creepy. So I totally get that. And I think it's so cool that I have learned by sharing this story that a lot of people surprisingly eat the same thing for Halloween, which is wild to me. Uh, so yeah, I'm curious to kind of see like, oh, I might have to do a, a poll about this on Instagram, but I'm curious like where people live, like what kind of weather they have on Halloween and what they traditionally eat on Halloween. Cause I think that would really affect it. Like me, I'm already thinking like, maybe I'll just make like actual chili or menudo or pozole, something like warm and cozy, you know? Anyway, I'm digressing. Okay. Krypton Kitsch said, I don't know about unique, but we go to a pumpkin patch every year and I make pumpkin spiced oatmeal cookies every year, end quote. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be unique. That is pretty awesome. I think those cookies might be pretty unique, though, because I don't think I've ever had any and would totally love to try them. And finally, I was curious if there was anything any of you didn't like about Halloween. I was so sure someone was going to say PSLs or something, but that surprisingly did not come up. 
The most common answers were all about how quickly the season goes by and the stress of not being able to do it all and not having the ideal weather. It makes me so sad for those of you who don't have the weather because I know what it feels like. And I can definitely 100% attest to the whole not being able to do it all because I legitimately have pre-season anxiety already about basically not sleeping all season because it just comes and goes in the blink of an eye. But one I did want to mention because it was just so funny was from Daniela Giman Photography. She said, the smell of pumpkin makes me gag, end quote. Girl, same. I am not a fan of like the artificial scent of pumpkin and like candles and bath and body works. It's so overwhelming and an immediate no for me. But I love the scent of like green apples and crispy air more than anything, honestly. Okay, so the time has finally come for me to talk your ears off about the book that inspired this entire following episode and the Spookworm Book Club. If you have not read it, I highly recommend checking it out from your local library like yesterday. And without further ado, let's get into the book that literally changed my life and helped me realize there was a whole other world of spooky reading that was available for me to keep the spook alive left for me to explore. Okay, so Pumpkinheads is a graphic novel written by number one New York Times bestselling author Rainbow Rowell and illustrated by award-winning artist Faith Erin Hicks. The short pitch to this story is that it is about two irresistible teens discovering what it means to leave behind a place and a person with no regrets. But the full summary, according to Goodreads, says... Deja and Josiah are seasonal best friends. Every autumn, all through high school, they've worked together at the best pumpkin patch in the whole wide world. Not Not many people know that the best pumpkin patch in the whole wide world is in Omaha, Nebraska, but it definitely is. They say goodbye every Halloween and they're reunited every September 1st. But this Halloween is different. Josiah and Deja are finally seniors and this is their last season at the pumpkin patch. Their last shift together, their last goodbye. Josiah's Josiah's ready to spend the whole night feeling melancholy about it. Deja isn't ready to let him. She's got a plan. What if instead of moping and the usual slinging lima beans down at the Succotash hut, they went out with a bang? They could see all the sights, taste all the snacks, and Josiah could finally talk to the cute girl he's been mooning over for three years. What if their last shift was an adventure? Are you hooked yet? (laughs) I feel like no matter what we do, we can't give this book justice unless you read it. But the book has a four star rating on Goodreads, which is like the IMDb of books, if you're not aware. (laughs) So some interesting facts I learned about this book were that the author Rainbow originally wrote the script and then Faith brought it to life with the um, illustrations. But what was really cool is that one of the things Rainbow expected was for Faith to travel to the exact pumpkin patch she envisioned when writing this story, and they actually got to talk about the novel at the pumpkin patch that inspired it. I also thought it was really cool that the story came to life because the writer had a love for comic books, and her original vision for the characters was for Josiah to look like Paul McCartney with like a very sweet and gentle face and for Deja to look like a chubby Gabrielle Union, which is so cute to me, honestly. And something really funny was that the artist had no idea what Frito Pie was. I didn't include Frito Pie, Frito Pie in any of our polls because I never really thought of it as a fall treat, but it's pretty funny that the artist had no idea what it was because she's from Canada. 
All right. So my history with this graphic novel is obviously that I had never read it, but I had seen it circle the spooky Instagram community a lot over the last few years. And I was always interested in it because it came up so often. And well, now I know why. It's just honestly like the perfect following story. Yes, it's corny and predictable, but it just gives you all the vibes your heart desires. And because it's a graphic novel, it comes to life in a way that you just wouldn't see coming at you from a mile away, honestly. So since I know a lot of you haven't read it, I'm just going to honestly give you a whole rundown. So as the summary said, Deja wants Josiah to talk to his crush, but A, he's a huge nerd and cares a lot about doing a good job on his last day. And B, he's super nervous and shy to try talking to her. So this is obviously one of those stories where you're like, it's so obvious these two characters are going to end up together. But it's also such a feel-good story, you don't even care about that part. And the reason this book is just like the ultimate following story is because as they look for Josiah's crush all over the patch with all the fall activities, Deja makes it her mission to try all the treats they offer at the patch. So you truly get to see and experience all the following activities and treats that your heart really desires year round. And I think as a Halloween lover, this story really resonates because Josiah is a true Halloween lover with you. Like at the end, when they finally get together and kiss, he says, you taste like pumpkin. And she's like, now I'm never getting rid of you. And that line just hits home because, you know, like he gets your worlds the way that like most people don't. And obviously not so major of a spoiler alert when he finally does get to talk to his crush. And all she does is talk about how much she hates the patch. It's like a real life experience for you because you would never want to be friends with someone who doesn't love Halloween the way that you do. So you just really get Josiah's world because you're a ghoulster. That's just my opinion, at least. And even though I'm basically telling you guys the whole story, I still think you should read it because, like I said, magical. But if you don't believe me, let's hear what some of our co-hosts had to say. Daniela Giman Photography said, super cute, all the fall feels. There was nothing that I disliked, end quote. Yes, fall feels 100% agreed. Cribkeeper Camille said, the illustrations are so cozy. I love the storyline and representation, end quote. Oh my God, yes. I'm so happy someone brought this up. One of the things I loved the most was how relatable Deja's character was as well. First of all, she's not your typical body type you see all the time. The author talked about how she wanted her to she wanted her not to be petite and slender something I loved was she said that she didn't want to reinforce that girls have to be shorter and smaller than their partners and guys she's wearing space buns too I genuinely felt like her character was that much more likable because she was relatable in that sense and of course she was a person of color too and what was really cool was that she was bi or pansexual I'm sorry I still don't fully understand the differences, so I need to educate myself a little bit more. But they did a great job of showing it through the way they run into her exes, for exes versus making it the, like her entire identity and showing it in poor taste like a lot of movies do. And I believe there are even Native Americans in some of the supporting character roles as well. Halloween is my happy place said, love the patch itself and could relate about Deja's wish to try all the fall treats. Their friendship is full of fun and supportive, perfect ground for love to bloom, end quote. I love that this entire book is basically a tour of all your favorite fall activities and treats, and I love that Poppy said fun and supportive. I also think that Deja's maturity is amazing. Like, it's so cool that she never lets her feelings get in the way of Josiah's conquest for his crush. Well, I mean, really, she's the one encouraging the conquest, but still, I think it's so cool that she doesn't let that get in the way of 
of any of that. You know what I'm trying to say. Like, her feelings do not affect, like, what she's trying to do for her friend. There we go. Found it. Okay. And, of course, I was curious what your favorite treats mentioned in the book were. Halloween is my happy place said, I want to try a pumpkin bomb. End quote. Guys, okay, before I forget, we may or may not have a video coming out in the next few days of us attempting to make a pumpkin bomb. Hint, hint. But the book talks about this amazing made up tree and I, of course, wanted to try it. So it's two slices of pumpkin pie sandwiched together with vanilla ice cream in the middle and dipped in chocolate. It sounds impossible, but I will find out if it's possible and how good it really is. And then Daniela Gieman Photography said caramel apples. Okay, I'll admit I don't really eat caramel apples, but I love the flavor on things like my drinks and I love those caramel apple lollipops. I think for so long, I never knew how to answer what my favorite treat is. And I think that's definitely one of them. Caramel apple lollipops. So good. Okay. And one last thing I wanted to mention was that Deja and Josiah's actual job at the pumpkin patch is to make the succotash. And guys, I had never heard of succotash outside of the Looney Tunes saying suffering succotash. (laughs) So I was curious if you all had. And it turns out 42% of you had not heard of it either so according to wikipedia succotash is a vegetable dish consisting primarily of sweet corn with lima beans or other shell beans other ingredients may be added such as onions potatoes turnips tomatoes bell peppers corned beef salt pork or okra so then i wanted to know those of you who have heard of it or had it is it good and the results were kind of all over the place 31 percent of you said oh my god yes it is good 62% of you said, eh, it's okay, and 8% of you said it's gross. It doesn't sound like the most appetizing, but I'm actually kind of willing to try it because it's such like a popular tradition, apparently. Okay, so with all that being said, I think it's time for It's Frickin' Bats. So on a scale of one to five bats, how many bats did Ghoulsters give this book? Ghoulsters gave this book 4.9 freaking bats. That's right. Not five, but very close. And I'm going to give it five freaking bats. I loved this book and the fact that as I was reading it, I was dying to talk to you guys about it says enough. Yeah, like I said, it's corny and predictable, but it's so fun and magical. And the last line, if you have read it, you know the line I'm talking about. I won't spoil that for those of you who are going to read it now, thanks to this spectacular review. But that line at the end is truly just like the magic cherry or pumpkin on top. (laughs) All right, well, I guess it's the moment I have been waiting for. If you're not binging with us, then you can't sit with us because it's time for Bloody Binge Worthy. If you're joining us for the first time, this segment is at the end of the show so that those who decide to binge Spooky TV with me can hear me fangirl over the latest episodes we've watched. You can always find what episodes are coming up in the show notes. This week we binge The Vampire Diaries Season 2, Episodes 12 through 17. Okay, not to be campy guys, but oops, I did it again. I binged watched the vamps, got lost in the game. Okay, okay, I'm done. All right, I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. But seriously, I don't know how to stop. I'm also kind of glad we're plowing right through this. So allow me to quickly recap the episodes with the help of my handy dandy IMDb notes. 
While Damon tries to get the truth out of Jules, he asks Elena to keep an eye on Rose, a situation that turns unexpectedly dangerous. Jonathan Gilbert's return to Mystic Falls is an unhappy surprise to Elena, Jenna, and Damon. Stefan does his best to reach out to a confused Tyler. Stefan and Elena attempt a romantic weekend getaway, not realizing that they've been followed. Damon attends a tea at the Historical Society. Stefan tells Elena about his darkest days, trying to catch Elijah off guard. Damon arranges a dinner party. Catherine's mind games cause everyone frustration, but Elena, Stefan, and Damon realize that her knowledge of Mystic Falls' history could be crucial to their survival. Okay, guys, I think it happened. I don't hate Damon anymore. <sighs> okay, however, I wouldn't say that I wish Elena would go with him. It's weird because I'm not team Damon over Stefan. I just feel bad for him and wish someone would just love him. Seeing the way he cared for Rose was so sad and definitely made me realize to what extent he puts up a front because of how he made her final moments so comfortable. And also, I love how he is playing Catherine so hard with the cold shoulder. Like, yes, go Damon, you show her. But I really hope he doesn't end up caving and hooking up with her at some point, too, because that's always a possibility that I'm very scared of. And can we just talk about how livid I am with Tyler for a second? Look, I get it. He's confused and doesn't know who to trust. But come on. After everything Caroline did for him, do better, dude. It was so awesome to see how tough she came out of that experience with the wolves and sad at the same time. But mostly awesome because, man, talk about being a badass witch. But I also, again... How could I not love Stefan? I love that he knew she wasn't okay and knew a girl's night was needed. I'm honestly not sure how I feel about Matt anymore. I like him and he's a good guy, but I don't know. He's just like that nice guy left out that never does anything exciting. And now that he's under the sheriff's brainwashing about vampires, ugh, I don't know. This really sucks overall for Caroline because she had finally found a love interest and was at peace with how things were with her mom. Terrible situation all around with a boyfriend who has kind of bored me, to be honest. But let's get back to the wolves for a second. Look, I'm usually one for women empowerment, but wolf girl? If I'm being honest, my all-time favorite non-spooky show is One Tree Hill, and wolf girl played a character I didn't like in that show either. So I already have that, like, sour taste in my mouth about her to begin with. But come on, like, how do you roll into a town you know nothing about and think you're going to just overtake everyone? And really, Tyler, you're just going to leave with a person who just got her entire pack killed. I roll, I roll, I roll. <laughs> Let me talk about some things I'm totally here for for a second, though. One, can we fangle over the fact that Stefan always knows when Catherine is pretending to be Elena? I think that one fact for me is just so sweet because Damon never knows which is which. Two, I nearly died when Jeremy finally kissed Bonnie. Jeremy has really grown on me and I still don't feel like I'm in love with Bonnie's character, but I do see that she deserves to be happy and I really hope things work out with him. Three, I think I'm going to come out and say it. I freaking love Elena. I get annoyed that she doesn't stay out of the way most of the time, but also I just love how fearless and full of love she is. Her response to Bonnie about getting getting with Jeremy was really unexpected and sweet. And oh my God, speaking of fearless, it took major guts to gut herself like that in front of Elijah. I know she knew she could be turned, but just the balls it takes to like actually hurt yourself to that extent is crazy to me. And as much as I'm not on Team Matt right now, I nearly broke when I heard Caroline sing to him. She has the voice of an angel, guys. 
Let's see. I also really loved the entire scene where Luca and his dad were trying to get the knife out of Elijah and Catherine is fighting Luca. I don't know. It was just fun seeing her struggle for once, to be honest. And burning Luca was crazy. Oh, my God. I have a lot to say, apparently. But two final things. One is anyone else totally in love with Alaric? He's such a badass. It's crazy how he straight up killed Elijah like nothing because of how close he is to Damon now. And holy wow, did Klaus just overtake Alaric's body or has he been Alaric all along? <sighs> so many questions. That is all I have for you today, folks. Man, what a rush. So just a reminder, you can always check your Goalster homework for the week in the show notes to find out which episodes we'll be binging for next week's episode. And if you're wondering how you could be one of my lovely co-hosts, like I mentioned in today's episode, you can follow the show on Instagram at not another spooky podcast to participate in polls and questions for upcoming episodes. Oh, I can't believe it's the end again already, guys. Can you feel the magic simmering? It's coming, and I'm so excited to celebrate our first spooky season together. I know for lots of you, we have celebrated together already, but I feel like this is the first time it's going to be filled with all the spooky, magical, ghoul vibes my heart has longed for for so long. I hope you're as excited as I am. And can you guys tell that I have, like, lost my voice through this episode? <laughs> I don't think this has ever happened before. It is a sign that I'm truly becoming a zombie now. Uh, okay, it's time to go to bed. Until next time, sending you guys ghouls and kisses. Bye!